Beers and Banter, episode 51. We have Kat MacArthur in the house tonight. Kat is on the Olympic kayaking team going to Tokyo. She's a physio and uh, she's in for a chat. Let's rip in. As always, we're really appreciative of the support from the guys at Gripstar Socks. Gripstar Anti-Slip Socks feature panels that create traction that improves speed, acceleration and stability. Gripstar Socks are designed to deliver maximum comfort and flexibility, featuring a breathable mesh design that removes sweat and reduces odours. Perfect for high movement sports, working on your feet or lounging safely at home. Seriously grippy. Kat, welcome to Beers and Banter. Thank you for having me. Uh, straight, straight from training this afternoon, what were you up to today? Yes, the hair's still wet from my shower, but um, Monday for us at the moment sees a morning paddle um, at 6.30 and then we have a bit of a break, get in the gym for an hour or so, then have a bit of a longer break through the day and then we're back on the water at 3.30 this afternoon. Awesome, awesome. Um, What is customary beers and banter is we usually have a beverage on your request, I've gone for the for the non-alcoholic ginger yes, beer because you, you are in the, in the middle of training, so I'll it grab is, some of those. Yeah, it is a school night for me tonight and, you know, unfortunately even Saturday and Sundays are school nights for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. So uh, what I thought we'd do, start with, with your story. So born in Singapore. Yep. How – take us on a bit of a journey. How did you get from Singapore, Melbourne – now based on the Gold Coast. so Yep. So um, I guess my family, my dad's job, one of those simple stories. My, my brother, my older brother was born in New Zealand. My older sister was born in Adelaide and I was born in Singapore. So we're sort of all around the place. And I was just, um, I, I spent the first 12 years of my life in Singapore. We grew up there. It was great upbringing. It was quite different um, to the Aussie lifestyle from what I've heard from my friends. Yes. Um, but then I guess my family always had the plan to move to or moved back to Australia at some point. They didn't plan on being in Singapore for 18 years in the end. So when I hit year six, I graduated primary school and I went to boarding school in Melbourne. So cool. the plan was for my family to follow in six, 12, 18 months time. But I got to my last year of year 12 before they decided that they wanted to move back to Australia. Um, so I was in Melbourne in boarding school for six years. Um, and then mum and dad are actually from Adelaide. So the reason we went to Melbourne was because of, um, I think, just family friend recommendations of boarding schools. Yep. And um, But when I finished high school, I, I went to uni in Melbourne. I always wanted to do physio, but classic year 12 student, I think when preferences, oops, sorry, preference, preferences came round, I freaked out and I said, I'll just do science yep. and I'll decide later. And I hated it. I hated it. And I was doing kayaking as a school sport in Melbourne and... Um, it was just like a once a week jump on the Yarra River kind of um, sport and got to the end of it and kind of really enjoyed paddling and wanted to pursue it more. The VIS, so the Victorian Institute of Sport, didn't recognise kayaking as one of their program sports, but Adelaide or South Australian Sports Institute did. And okay. when I decided I hated science, um, the science degree in Melbourne, I sort of looked at my options and... UniSA was one of the only unis in the country that will let you do physio at a part-time level. And I knew with my kayaking commitments, 
whether it be training or overseas, wouldn't allow me to do a uni degree full-time, let alone physio. And you're starting to step up and take that a bit more serious? I was. So I made my first national team first year out of school in the marathon discipline um, because that's what I sort of was doing longer stuff in Melbourne. Um, And I went overseas to like some World Cups and World Champs, had some results as a junior um, in that level, but knew that if I wanted to make the Olympic team, which was a dream of mine as a, you know, a a swimmer when I was 12. Um, But I knew if I wanted to make the Olympics, I had to make the switch to the sprint discipline. So going from 24 kilometres to 500 metres. Because there's not a marathon event at the Olympics? No. So there's, um, within the sport of kayaking, there's slalom, which is the really cool one where you go down the rapids. Um, There's sprint, there's marathon, there's downwater, um, like down river, mar- uh, down river racing. So there's quite a few disciplines, but only slalom and only sprint are in the Olympics. Right. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like how there are some swimming events that just aren't classified in the Olympics. So I think yep. there's like, I don't know, maybe the 800 or 800 um, meters. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's a world championship event or it's a national event, but it's not in the games. Um, so I had to make the, the switch to sprint. And with that, I decided to move to Adelaide. I got into uni there to do physio. Um, part-time and then I got a scholarship with the um, South Australian Sports Institute and said to mum and dad I'm moving to Adelaide I'm going home I've got family friends there and they said no worries off you go six months later they said nah we're gonna come with you because we like Adelaide too <laughs> yeah um, so mum and dad followed me there and my family followed me there I was there for about I think it took me f- five years to do my physio degree at a mix of part-time and full-time levels just with training because when I started to make my first sprint national teams, as a senior athlete, you spend three months overseas a year because for us, um, kayaking's international season is the European summer. Yep. So from May to August are all the main events. And so, and also, I know if you've tried paddling in Adelaide in, in the middle of winter, it's not nice. And so, for us to escape. I, I really don't understand why many people live in Adelaide because it's a, hot as hell in summer and cold in winter. beautiful. <laughs> no, shout out. We've got lots of, uh, we've got lots of listeners in Adelaide, um, lots of my old work colleagues. The important question though for all those yep. Adelaide fans that are listening at home. Yes. Port or Crows? Easy answer. It's definitely the crows. Definitely the crows. And how are they travelling this year? Well, last week, not the most recent round, but the round before we beat Melbourne, who went into that game as an undefeated side. Last And you broke the streak. Yeah, so last season we didn't win until round 14. We finished on three wins in four rounds. This season we have already won four games. You're in front. Yes, so I bought my Adelaide Crows membership the other night. (laughs) I'm fully on the bandwagon. It's hard to be on the Gold Coast because everyone else talks about footy and they mean NRL. Yes. <laughs> but crows through and through. I'm, I'm a shocker. I, I am dyed in the wall NRL, but I'm trying to trying to be more engaged. With Branch that. out, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, it is. It is um, to uh, one of my listeners rightly pointed out the other day how it is much more of a national game. Um, I'm hoping the NRL fixes that, but definitely the AFL is very popular amongst our listeners and yep. obviously nationally. Yep. Um, so, sorry, I interrupted you. you yes. You're now, you're traveling two to three months a year, plus yep. you're part-time physio. Yep. So, in Adelaide, but, um, so the national program for kayaking has always been on the Gold Coast. It's always based, so when we do um, national team camps or we do pre-travel camps, it's always been on the Gold Coast. And so, I've been traveling to and from for years. And I guess um, when I 
at the end of 2017, which was my final year of physio, I was going through the process of um, just missing, well, not just missing, but I missed out on going to 2016 Rio Games. Yep. And I thought for me, I really wanted to give 2020 a crack mm-hmm. and what were the best um, decisions for me to make in order to achieve that. And I know that uh, my physio career was really important to me and I didn't want to just get a job outside of uni that would let me travel, do all that travel in Adelaide, um, you know, whether it be interstate or international travel and have like a half-assed job that wouldn't actually fulfil me that, that much. Yep. So I thought if I move to the Gold Coast and I put myself in the national program, I eliminate all the domestic travel and I can train with the best all the time and I can look for a job up here that will support me and just, you know, have the international travel but really give 2020 a good crack. Yep. And so um, as soon as I graduated, I came up here, I looked for jobs, I looked for houses and moved in January 2018. And cool. then, yeah, it's been on the – continued with the the travel and the training just based on the Gold Coast um, with our, I guess, the culmination of everything, you know, doing 2020 trials March last year, literally – our national championships were the Sunday that Scott Morrison said, as of Monday, no more 500 people gatherings and shit hit the fan. And we got our trials in and we got our call saying, hey, you're on the Olympic team. But two days later, hey, the Olympics are postponed. Oh, brutal. It was, yeah, it was, but it's like a blessing in a disguise because we got our trials done. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... It was a, a wild couple of weeks. Like everyone talks about how long March 2020 was. Like it just felt like the longest month. Yeah. And it was like and everyone had their thing, but that was my thing. So I'm interested to know whether you feel like the extra 12 months has been beneficial or you're right in the window and it's you've had to put other things on hold. That was, a, that was the thing I couldn't stop thinking about is that people prep four years yeah. into an event like that. And then some people, that's the end of their, that's going to be their swan song and they're mm-hmm. out after that. Yeah. And they've either missed that or they've put on hold, which meant they've put other, other things, things on hold. hold. Yeah. Where, where are you at with, was that 12 months been good because it's another 12 months of training in the bank or were you, was that going to be your swan song and you were, you were really wanted to get it done and. Yeah. I don't know. I sort of, I don't think it really would have affected me either way. Yep. I. I I guess 12 or 18 months ago, I sort of didn't know if I was – so I'm 28 and I don't know if I was going to continue on after Japan or if yep. I was going to retire or things like that or even if I was going to move back to Adelaide because when I left in 2018 – That's unlikely. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when I left in 2018, I was like, don't worry, guys, I'm coming home. Adelaide is home. And so I was like, I'm just going to make the Olympics and then I'm going to come home. But what the 12 months has done – it's taught me to love and just fall in love with the Gold Coast So I, and my job. And I I guess I hadn't spent an Australian winter um, at home in 10 years because of all my travel. And last year I spent an, a winter on the Gold Coast and boy, it's beautiful. Like <laughs> Magic, best time of year. It's magical here. And, and I guess it really made me settle myself and it made me reflect a lot on what I wanted and where I was going and things like that. I don't know if – I I – Definitely think 12 months extra of training does make you better. And in my sport, I'm in the four-person kayak. Mm -hmm. And usually if we make the team in March and we're expected four months later to compete at the Olympics, the way we get selected is top six girls get selected and they make team boats out of that. So it's top six individual boats make team boats. Exactly. And and for us, 
my K4 is made up of two girls from WA and one girl from Sydney and me, who's who knows Queensland or SA anymore. Yep. <laughs> and so for us, this extra 12 months has actually given us more time in the boat. Yes. This We've been able to train as a K4 for an extra 12 months. I mean, not during the first initial five months because COVID made us all separate. But we got back together in October, November last year and we've had this entire time as a crew to build. And they've all been based on the coast We have. Time. Yeah, so cool. our sport said to us, as of the 1st of November, you are to move to the Gold Coast just because of all the the uncertainties and the volatility of the world that borders. if we were doing training camps, like the amount of times the borders have closed has been ridiculous and yeah. we'd be stuck on either side. So they said, everyone, every member of the Olympic team, you to be on the Gold Coast, um, suited me well. <laughs> but that's given us and our boat to, to I guess, build and grow physically and mentally as a team. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, the extra 12 months has hurt a bit. And I think last year was a tough year. Like it was meant to be the most exciting year of my life so far. Yep. Um, and I had a few tough moments and I, I'm such a family person. I'm from Adelaide. <laughs> I love my family and I love seeing my family often. Yep. And I couldn't, I didn't see them for months and months on end. I missed birthdays. I missed, that was tough. Um, I was reading online that you did like Zoom Pilates with yeah. the family or something yep. like that. That's pretty so cool. So I did that with my family and I did that with our team. So the members that went back to Perth or went to Sydney or one of our teammates um, who's on the Swedish Olympic team, she comes and trains with us every summer yeah, right. and we missed her. So she jumped in one week. So I'm like a physiotherapist and a Pilates instructor. And so I said to the girls, like, I miss you. Can I like do something productive. Can we all get on Zoom and on a Sunday night, let's do some Pilates or... My sister did a similar thing because she's, yeah? she, she's a Pilates instructor yeah. as well and but has travelled all around the world, um, you know, with different different crews yeah. and I think she was doing that a little bit as well yeah. with people across the other side of the planet. She yeah, I mean, it was such a thing. People had to engage somehow and I guess just people chose their avenues of doing things and I guess for me it was important because I missed all my family and whatnot and I missed my training mates and, and you know, you, we usually spend three sessions a day with each other and I hadn't seen them for months. So, um, pardon me, there was some, yeah, there were some aspects of last year that I go far out. I think I wish I missed last year and I would like to erase last year yeah. from my memory because there were just some tough times and I won't lie, like it really, it was crap when the Olympics were postponed. Like I, kn I know that there are other things but when it came to it, I sort of reflected and it was my thing. I had friends who had their wedding cancelled or yeah. friends who had babies and their parents couldn't come and see their grandchild. Or yeah. their and so everyone had a COVID thing and the Olympics were my COVID thing. Yeah, it was – I think uh, in many aspects COVID it, – it's just – 2020 just in general was just a shit year for, need you to help me for so story. many you're right, <laughs> for for so many reasons and, and and you're right I don't think anybody's individual story negates anybody yeah. else's so sure no. there were people that had way worse years but I, I don't think you can discount anybody's bad year because no, that, it was just totally it was just one of those years yeah um, without getting too mm -hmm. um, negative. We're, we're 53 days until Tokyo. Yep. Is this where, – where, what's the official word from like the Australian Olympic yep. Committee as to what's going on? It's on. So we get regular communication and we had, um, we had our postponed nationals in Adelaide the week before last. 
and um, uh, Ian Chesterman, who's the chef de mission of the mm-hmm. AOC, came down and spoke to us. And that was actually the same week that um, the sports craft opening ceremony kit was announced. Yep. And um, we were told back in almost o- August or October last year from the IOC, so the International Olympic Committee, that if they were to make a call that, l- that the games weren't going to be on, it would be done by March, latest April. If they hadn't made the call then, it's on. It's without being so cynical, the Olympics is a business. Yeah. It is a business through and through and that's why there isn't marathon kayaking because there isn't enough time in the schedule and marathon kayaking is boring and no one will pay to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so It's too hard to get the billboard signage yeah, behind exactly. marathon kayaking. And so the Olympics is a business and I don't know and don't quote me on the numbers but I heard something like if Japan don't hold the games, they'll lose $8 billion. But if they do hold the games, they'll only lose $5 billion. So yeah. there, there's that side of things and so – there's no spectators. They made that call in March. No international no, – no, sorry. There's no international spectators. Japanese spectators are going to be made next month in June. Mm-hmm. Um, the call on that, sorry. But, we, you know, we've been receiving communication about um, restrictions on the village. We're not allowed to come in for X amount of days until our competition and we have 48 hours to basically get out of the village once we're finished. Okay. So, so there'll never be a full capacity and the food hall will be individual packaged food. It will be you're in there for 15 minutes and then you're out. Like it's going to be a completely different experience. Yes. So it won't be that village party after your event. It won't be the late night Macca's run that's, you know, endless amounts of fries and hash browns at the food court for free. It won't be anything like that. Or they may just be individually packaged. Yeah, <laughs> right. With hand sanitizer and face masks. Okay, so we're 53 days out. Yeah. Going ahead. Yeah. It's happening. Where are you at? What what part of your training cycle are you in now? Is it yep. still full steam? It's probably the biggest steam at the moment. We've just come out of a six-week strength block. And, that, I mean, that's what's changed for us too. We had a um, – they brought in a brand new head uh, – well, um, head K4 women's coach for us. So Danish guy who'd been working in the UK um, in under their kayak system. Mm-hmm came in as our coach in November, was coaching over Zoom until he could get into Australia in January. And so he's been on board for the last six months and it's been a big shake up in a program and, but it's been great. Um, and he has us, he had us on a six week strength block um, that we just come out of, which was six gym sessions a week, which I've never done before in my life. <laughs> I've always been just a three kind of a week person. And so we've done that. And now we're going into this endurance block before then just really hitting the race pace stuff. So, I mean, I, I think about um, where we're at at our training and it's like we're we're in the hardest part. Like we are in the deepest hole of fatigue. Heaviest, heaviest load. Yeah, because we got to start freshening up soon. Uh, but we have to make the most of every session at the moment because this is it before we start to really fine tune. Like we're doing the so grind. So when, when you're doing the, these endurance paddles is that in the k4 boat or all in the individual boats at the moment? no so how we do like so i'm the priority boat or the race um, event that we're doing is the k4 mm-hmm. but at the moment with endurance stuff it's um that's all done the k1 okay and we only do two to three maximum sessions a week in the k4 at the moment because you sort of you want to look at it that k4 is done pure quality so when you're in that big boat 
you are doing what you want to do on race day. You want to do high speed starts. You want to do, you know, long race pace stuff. Mm-hmm. All the slow technical aspects are done in your K1. Um, so we're doing a majority of our kilometres at the moment in the single um, and then we jump all together in the K4. So uh, that's training-wise, food-wise, is that something that they lay out for you or you, yep. you handle that all yourself? Yeah, and I mean that was the biggest thing last block when we went to the strength training because it was like you need to almost overeat because we are trying to build as much muscle in you as we can in six weeks without overdoing it obviously. Yep. <laughs> um, and then – you know, for me, I personally, I found I got massive increases in, in my strength numbers and things like that. And then the biggest thing now swapping is, you know, going from 60 kilometers a week in the boat to 120 is I don't want to lose all that muscle that yes. I spent so long getting. Um, so we have nutrition on board. We have our gym coaches and physiologists all um, recommending certain foods and, you know, safe supplements and stuff like that, protein powders and things like that, they can recommend to help with those things. But yeah, fueling's a big, big aspect of it. And the timing of fueling is the biggest thing I've learned as an athlete. Is it is it hard? I'm guessing you haven't had a chance to compete internationally in that K4 boat. Nope, never. Which road, we had Rhodesy on yep. um, last year. Yep. This year, last year, a little while ago. And he talked about how, you know, they were racing in Europe yeah. right before um, yep. Athens. So yeah, we'd usually go to a bunch of World Cups through May-June period that we can, you know, test different race profiles or different um, aspects of our race against others in the world. And I had um, – we actually did a like a bit of an athlete swap. Well, not swap, but we went and viewed the um, sprint cycling team in the velodrome up the Anamir's Velodrome up in yep. Brisbane on Friday night, which was so cool. So we went and watched Matt Glatzia, um Annette and Nathan, who were members of the Olympic sprint cycling team on the velodrome, which was so cool. And we were talking, uh, we we're talking about rankings and how, I guess, in their sport, they're in a velodrome and they can isolate certain variables and say, "I did a twelve three, two fifty. I did a twelve three lap, or I did mm-hmm. this speed, or I did this time kind of thing." But in our sport, there's there's actually no such thing as a world record in our sport. They call it world's best, okay, because we can paddle in a tailwind. We can paddle in 30-degree water versus 20-degree water. There are so many outdoor environmental elements that make um, – it's not like swimming where yeah. you can just have a world record time. And so they asked us, where are you ranked in the world? And we're like, I have no idea because, I mean, we raced in Adelaide last week and it was a raging headwind and we all did times that were 15, 20 seconds slower than we should. Yeah. And if the Hungarians or the Germans or the Brits looked at our times from our nationals, which we look at their times for their nationals, yep. they would have been like, well, Australia. Got them covered. Yeah, got them covered. That's good. We're going to sneak up <laughs> yeah, on them. Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard to not have international competition yeah, um, and not know where you're at and not – Does that yeah. affect like – would that normally dictate who races who in the early heats or is it all out of a, you know, drawn out of a hat or? Yeah. So you'll be, I mean, the way they work is just, you'll have rounds of heats and then the winners of that will go into a semi and then the winners of that go to the final. It's not necessarily too much of a problem because they, they take the top three or four boats. So it it doesn't matter too much on the initial stage, um, the staging of the racing, but um, it's just more that you're going to get to the games and every race has to be like it's the 
the A final yep. because you just don't know who you, you're up against and you just have you can't take the risk that you can maybe go a bit easier in the heat and save it for the final. You just have to put it out there every time. All on the line every every time. Every time. Um, before we get into the final three questions that I ask yep. everyone, I just want to ask you what tip do you have for, for, for youngsters yep. that uh, may be you know, good at their sport but they want to be great at their sport? You've got to find little, um, like you've got to, you got to find special parts of the sport that you got to find your strengths. And so, if you really, if you're a swimmer and you enjoy a certain stroke, as a young kid, don't try and like necessarily just try everything. Like, work hard on the stuff that you're good at, and in, and that will give you the pleasure and and the experience of of you know more high performance sport. Or like, you've got to challenge yourself or set goals. Setting goals is a really, a really good one. Um, And it doesn't, it can be corny or whatever. You write them down, put them in a journal, put them in your room, but start small and just, and tick them off and be proud of yourself. Even if it's a tiny goal, be proud of yourself when you you do achieve them Um, and get support, like get support around you from your parents or your friends, because it's so much easier when you're in that deep hole of, you know, training or whatever, or you're missing out on things. It's so much easier when you have support from anywhere good people around you good people around you that's good good life advice in general <laughs> yeah honest, exactly uh what we'll do we'll go into the final three questions yep uh, every every all of our special guests get these so yep. um i'm interested to hear yours you won't like one of them i don't think that's okay favorite place in the world for a beer slash beverage i don't know if you've ever experienced an adelaide sunset in the peak of summer when it's like 8.30 at night, daylight savings, the sun is setting over the no surf, yes, that is Adelaide beaches, but Glenelg, Glenelg Beach with a few friends, fish and chips. And there you some, go. That's yeah. a first. Yep. Uh, Put it on the map. Adelaide's on the map. On the, I've been, I've, I used to go to Adelaide for work a bit, so that's all right. Uh, probably a bit of travel in my future, so that'll be, I'll have to go for a beer at Glenelg. Yep. Uh, Favourite athlete of all time? Would have to be Anna Mears. Cyclist. Cyclist. Just yep. Just she's she's humble. She's achieved so much and you'll still chat to her and she'll get excited or she'll cry over some of her achievements. Like it still feels fresh for her. And I think grounding herself amongst all the achievements she's ha- she's had is is quite an impressive feat for anyone. One of our greats, really. Like yeah. one of our greatest Olympians. Yep, totally. And and still is and, and a Queenslander. Yeah, but you know, she lived in Adelaide for like five, ten that's years. The, that's the key. That must be the key. <laughs> it's the combination of Queensland and go. SA. <laughs> right, final one. Any four people from history mm-hmm. uh, over for a barbecue and some beers. Who's coming and what are you cooking? Well, um, Jamie Oliver's coming and I'm not cooking. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, just read her book, Incredible Woman. Yep. Um, Zach Efron, because I grew up in the time of High School Musical and just... Zach's lo- almost a local now. Again, yep, perfect. And then it would have to be my mum. My mum and I, like, one of the things we do together is we do dinner parties. So... Very cool. I couldn't have one of those with, you know, those people without her. That's, uh, that's a pretty good combo. Not not too hard to get together, I wouldn't think. No, uh, no. All still kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Some a, local. That's important. Zach's basically, yeah, he, he's... Could get mum up easy. Jacinda, the New Zealand borders are open. <laughs> she could promote some, um, you yeah. know, cross-Tasman uh, yep, uh, travel. 
It's uh, just the chef we're, we're worried Jamie. about. <laughs> Couldn't be that hard to get a Brit to come out to Australia, surely. No. He's been here before. Hey, uh, I've got I've got something for you. I've got a, a beers and banners snapback. Ooh. Um, and your choice of our great supporters. Uh, Grip Star. Once you've run in cool. a set of Grip Stars, you won't go back. Yep. Lovely. Uh, uh, where can our listeners find you? Um, physically. <laughs> no, no, no. On, on, oh, where can they follow your your your? Um, your I trip? guess I'm on Instagram. So Cat MacArthur three eight nine two on Instagram. My friends give me so much crap about that because I've got too many numbers on it. Um, and I mean the Oz Olympic team get around that in the next couple of months. Where we're not going to have any supporters over there, so anything online um, is really really valued for us. And yeah. Well, all the best. Uh, we, we, we look forward to following your progress and uh, you. hope for some Olympic glory over there. Uh, our listeners, you know where to find us. Uh, leave a comment below, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your grandma about us. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back soon. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming in.